Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad that you are here again to see. We are. We are talking about a really important topic. Actually, it's one that Kate's really passionate about. It's the difference between your feelings and the truth. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. uh, Actually, a friend introduced this concept to me years ago, and it's something that I've really tried to grow in my own life, tried to understand more, tried to share with people as we navigate life together, that God gave us these emotions, and they're real, and they're good, and they can also lead us astray and not actually be telling us the truth of what is happening. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure our emotions aren't running our lives, and that we're able to evaluate, okay, what am I feeling right now? And is it actually telling me the truth or not? Right. And I think it's an important conversation to have for marriage because so many emotions come up daily about Mm -hmm. all kinds Mm -hmm. of different things and being able to, one, identify your emotions, which is probably a whole nother podcast of its own. Sure. um, Because that's not always easy to actually identify what your emotion is. But then also being able to say, okay, but is that the truth of the situation? Right. Right. And I think you said something really important here, that the emotions you're feeling are real, that mm-hmm. those feelings are real, mm-hmm. but yet they maybe shouldn't be the things that's guiding all your decisions. Right. I I don't want to give off the impression that like, oh, you know, we would tell someone, oh, you're not feeling that. What you're feeling is real. No one really can step into that space and say it's not what you're feeling. Trusted people can challenge us and ask us, well, do you think you could be feeling this or whatever? But that's not necessarily what we're talking about. What you feel is real. But what you need to ask yourself is, if I'm feeling anger right now, who am I angry at and what is that anger telling me? Mm. Right? So is my anger telling me, that um, I make bad decisions all the time. Is right. my anger telling me that... Um, Somebody's taking advantage of me. I'm or, a bad parent. I'm a, like, right. mm-hmm. Let's think of what people probably feel struggle with on a daily basis. So the emotion is real, but what it's telling you Isn't is not. necessarily or, true. I'm a bad parent, and so I'm screwing up my children, so why even try? Like Our emotions take us down roads that get really sidetracked, really derailed that aren't truth. Right. So what you're talking about is really working on identifying your feelings better, but then also recognizing that there's some condemnation that sometimes comes with strong emotions that all of a sudden gets turned into this place of thinking pretty negative thoughts, whether that be about you or about your marriage, and that those can be really unhelpful. Or what your spouse is thinking about you, all those kinds of things. But I think you brought up a really good point of, well, what would you tell people if they're like, well, I don't don't actually even know what I'm feeling. Sure. And it happens all the time, in fact, because we really don't do a good job of understanding 
our emotions. And mm-hmm. I always say there's a couple of big blanket emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, we're really good at feeling angry. Mm-hmm. We're really good at feeling, you know, something like happy or something. But once you get into more nuanced emotions, mm. we, we have trouble putting our finger on them. And it's actually why on our counseling page, aldrichministries.com slash resources, we have an emotion identification chart um, that mm. I use myself often. I send to people all the time. Um, and it it can be helpful to go, okay, what is it that I'm actually feeling? Mm-hmm. What What is this, mm-hmm. right? And, and I tell people all the time, I work in the field of emotions. I'm working with people's emotions all the time. I you know, am, exist in it. And how many times have I told you, yeah, you know, today was a rough day and I have no idea what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes some time to work through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. We do tend to gender pigeonhole that women seem to know their emotions and men don't. And I don't, I do not think that is a fair um, assessment. Sure. I think there's a fair amount of people, both genders, that don't know how to put a word to it. Uh, kids, teenagers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think most of your teenage years are actually like emotions that you are struggling to identify all the time. Right. So and the reality is we all are not that great at emotional vocabulary and Mm. and really learning them. And if we don't have a vocabulary for it, it's hard to feel them. Mm. And you're right. Like emotions are something that we all have. We all experience men maybe have less of a vocabulary depending on how they were taught it. There's no difference in how we feel things. Mm-hmm. Like we all still feel it. Right. Um, we just have to kind of start to learn some of the words so that we know what the difference between being downcast and being distressed is. Are you looking at your list right I'm now? I'm looking at my list. And the reality <laughs> is, like, right. Wow. Like those are two different words under the category of depressed, right? And Mm. Yet, if just saying downcast versus downhearted versus melancholy, like there are different feelings to those words. And once you start kind of even reading the word, you can go, well, okay, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And sometimes just seeing the words is mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's really interesting. Just kind of bringing it back to the feelings versus truth. So even if we're able to identify what the feeling is... Mm-hmm then it's, is that feeling telling me the truth about the situation? Right. So I'm feeling downcast because I just got a raise. (laughs) Okay, let's do something that's really outlandish. But like that, you know, just being able to sit with your feeling and be like, is this telling me the truth of what's 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 going going on? on? Right, that one's really obvious. So probably most people aren't downcast when they get a raise. But you know, I'm just kind of being tongue in cheek with it, but the reality is you're experiencing something and then many times our emotions, and I think Ted Cunningham, I mean, we love to quote him, says when we let the emotions have the driver's driver's seat, seat, then it takes us places like kind of like a wave. It tosses us because they're not always telling us the truth. Right. And that's the important part is we can feel very strongly and those emotions are real, but 
what really starts to come out of strong emotions is that this person meant to do it or that this person doesn't care about me or, you know, mm. all, it, it starts to add in all of the rest of those, those ideas. And that's where the not truth starts coming in. Yeah. I think that's really good. You brought up like other people. I think a lot of times too, it's self-talk about ourselves Oh yeah, that comes true. in. And I think that brings us to another really good point of remembering to live a life of curiosity. Mm. The reality is our feelings and our emotions come so naturally to us. We don't even recognize them arriving at times. And we can be very curious about why an emotion is there. Why, Why am I feeling this? Or why do I think that? Since I'm experiencing this emotion, why do I think that about myself? Right. Because so much of this is formed in us before we even understand no, that it's being absolutely. formed. Right. Like our, again, going back to that vocabulary thing, our emotional vocabulary of how do we experience them was shaped very early. Mm. And so then we have emotional memory. So we kind of repeat that same vocabulary often. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's coming from. I think your point is exactly right that, you know, when you experience an emotion or maybe you walk into a situation and you go, wow, that person is really irritated. What are your thoughts that automatically happen because you're seeing that emotion in somebody else, mm. right? There, there are thoughts right away. There are feelings that come up about you um, and we can tend to let those things drive us mm. rather than really stopping and wrestling with what's the truth. Hmm. So like you're saying if like you're talking to a coworker and they do something that it brings up an emotion in you. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're kind of talking about? Well, like no, then? actually I was more meaning like you come home from work and you see your spouse is really frustrated. Mm. It is super easy to that doesn't happen immediately either. jump into, oh, shoot, they're mad at me, or, oh, I didn't do something, and like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and run into the self pity or mm. run into that, right? Rather than actually kind of trying to go, how, how can I help? What's wrong? Like, how, how do I take care of you right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and move towards the center. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. Um, but I, I want to go back to that. Like, you don't ever come home and I'm frustrated, right? Never. So, um, Never. what are we talking about? <laughs> of course Never. you do. Um, but, no, I think you're right. And I think that that's where we bring it back to, like, how does this play out in marriage? And you're coming from the perspective of seeing your spouse experiencing something. And I right. think that's really good to have a posture of hey, you know, how can I help? What's going on? You seem frustrated. Right. Which is also a really good way to um, not accuse because we can read something on our spouse. And, and as we're married for years, sometimes our spouse spouses are really good at picking out oh, yeah. what they see, but sometimes they're not because maybe you're displaying not actually what you're feeling. And so um, I think that's a great, a great way for the spouse mm-hmm. who's seeing it to to sort of reach out and move towards their spouse in whatever's happening. I will say that depends a lot on your 
overall emotional, I, I, I'll use the term emotional intelligence or EQ. Like there are some people who have just a higher ability to read other people's emotions mm. than others. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to say that that's always a good thing because a lot of times that comes out of a reality of trauma in our life or mm-hmm. this place where we had to read emotions in order to really survive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But some people have learned that ability. So then they walk into a room and they go, oh, that's there's tension there. And other people don't have that. <laughs> like our teenagers were constantly saying, read the room, dude, read the room. Yeah. And they seem to, no, they they seem don't. to not right. be able to right. read the room. Where both of us have a relatively high emotional quotient that we can walk into a room where there's tension and go, mm. ooh, okay, I can feel mm. this, right? And mm-hmm. and see it really quickly. Yeah. And I, it's just important, like one of the things I've learned as somebody with a higher EQ is not to expect that everyone can do that. Right. Right. So yeah. like there is a place where that's just not everyone's gift. And mm-hmm. I, I'll even say there may be good things about that because you know what? They didn't, they didn't weren't forced in that way to have to mm-hmm. learn those things. Mm-hmm. But that means that you may be putting out all these emotions, hoping that your spouse picks up on it and they don't. Mm-hmm. And that can feel distant, hurtful, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so what do we do about this? So if we can recognize, all right, I have this feeling, I realize I'm feeling this, but I'm wrestling with now what's the truth? Like how, what do we do? Well, and I think that's a really good point. Cause I don't think you're always going to know mm-hmm. the truth. Like, I don't want to put it out there. Like you're able to identify, oh, this isn't telling me the truth, but you're not exactly sure what, what that is what's brought that up. And that's where I think the curiosity comes in. But I think one of the things that we've, we've really done in our marriage is, and even live this out with our kids is trying to be emotionally in tune with yourself mm-hmm. and trying to express that to your family when needed. Not every moment of every day. Do I tell my family where I'm at and what I'm thinking but if I'm having an overwhelming set of emotions or emotion, it's really helpful to say, hey, um, I'm having this going on. And probably, yes, this does usually happen in the negative. Okay. And I think I want to be open yeah. with that. Like, I th- think probably when you're giddy and happy, you don't really need to tell people about <laughs> that. They're not... They're not stressed about that. They're right. not trying to figure that out unless you're like doing it excessively for days or something. Um, so it is usually when something is stressful or overwhelming. I know we've tried to learn to say, hey, I'm having a rough day. Yeah. I don't actually know why, but I'm aware and I'm trying to figure it out. Sure. So like there is the openness so that your family doesn't now have to play detective and try and figure out what's going on. Which is a huge gift. Let's be honest. We all have done that where we mm-hmm. just want them to guess what's happening. So we're honest. We're, we're saying we're having a rough day. What, and you could put whatever words to that you need to. And I'm aware and trying to figure it out. Right. There's no promise that you're going to, because sometimes we can't even identify what has brought something up, but you're being curious. Right. And you're trying to figure out why, why I'm like this today. Right. You know, and not not all of the influences that bring up emotions for us are always present that we're able to figure them out. No, and I can say like that, just being able to say that 
is a huge gift to your spouse of being able, just backing up and going, I'm having a rough day. I'm feeling emotional. I don't know what it is. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause all of a sudden you shift that other person from this place of Sherlock Holmes of what did I do wrong and how did I upset you and what, you know, all that kind of stuff to, Oh, all right, well, how do I take care of you? How do I make some space so that you can mm-hmm. find that out? How, you know, all of those kind of places. So just being open actually has huge benefits here. And I think with our kiddos, like it's even given them the space to be whatever they are at that at that point. And I don't know that we've always done this spectacularly well, because we all know what it's like when a kiddo is in a mood and you're like, mm-hmm. dude, just get your, pull yourself out of it. But I think we've tried to work hard to give them a space to be right in whatever right. that is. However, we are pretty like on it of that doesn't mean you get to treat everybody the way you want. Right. Like just, you know, you can't treat people poorly because you're feeling poorly. So we allow the space to say, Hey, I'm having a rough day. I'm in a mood. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you need? Do you need some time by yourself? Do you need this, that kind of thing? And um, yeah. And I think we've done that. We modeled that between you and I, Yeah, we did not always do it well. No. And I don't even remember what helped us to move into that stage, but it's been very helpful and really does put the ball in in the person's court to to reach out, but to also spend some time trying to figure out right. why you are there. Be curious, right? And and that curiosity, I think, is is a really important thing. It's it's just starting to ask the question of, okay, why am I upset, moody, short, whatever? And I'm always short. I don't think that's going to change. Ha. Um, but <laughs> I, I know, and this is kind of that hard place, we've reached a point where you have told me at times, hey, you seem like you're a little frustrated today, or it sounds like you're being a little short with the kids. What do you need? And there are times, because you now do that in loving kindness, that there are times that Most you... the time. There are times <laughs> that you point it out, and I haven't realized it yet. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that you're wrong. It's just like, oh, I, it, I didn't quite get there yet. That's really funny. I feel like anytime you do that, I'm completely aware and I'm like, shoot, now he recognized it. So now I got to deal with it. <laughs> well, and I kind of have the same emotion of like, oh, okay. All right. I actually have to look at myself and, and think about it. But there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, have I been being short? Mm. Okay. All right. I guess, I guess I got to figure that out or, you know, whatever's going mm-hmm. on. And I, so I think if you can lovingly challenge your spouse to go, mm. Hey, what do you need in this mm-hmm. um, is, is a positive, but then it is exactly what Kate and I are saying of there's got to take that breath mm-hmm. to go, all right, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What, where's this coming from? What, yeah. What's happened? Did I just have a lousy night of sleep or is, is there something I'm wrestling with? And I, th- I think that when we actually identify something as an as a lie, as something mm-hmm. that's not true, I think that that's a journey. Sometimes I I say we say all the time to each other, to our kids, like speak the truth over your life. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that's self contempt or condemnation, it's just really speaking over your life the truth. I do know if something is deeply rooted in you, just speaking life over it often is not enough to bring healing over that. 
I still think speaking life is the better way to go than speaking those self-condemning words. But I think in those situations, if you find something that is a theme, something that is occurring over and over and over again, and you keep coming back to that, I'd encourage you to find someone to talk about it with that can help you dig deeper into why why that's a record that plays in your head. I talk all the time with my coaching clients of what like what records going on right now. I'll even push Hopefully to that place. Knows what a record is. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll even push that place. If if you speak life, the positive, the the uplifting words to yourself, and then you immediately don't believe them, mm. it, that's that's hitting that negative self contempt, and you need to figure out why why it's there, what's going on that that's leading you to contempt, and that's definitely a place that you may need to talk with somebody through that. Or if you someone else speaks it to you. That's what I always find interesting, and you, you cannot receive it. Mm-hmm. Speak life over you, and you, mm-hmm. you have you immediately re- reject it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether you reject it verbally or you just shake your head yes, and inside are sure. like, I would, I would never think that of myself. Right. Like, right, yeah. So those, yeah, really good, good principle um, to to look at because you're right. Speaking the truth over yourself is is key, but if if you do it and you feel like you're lying to yourself and just trying to, you know, say mumbo jumbo words to make yourself feel better is not going to go very far. Yeah. There there needs to There's be There's a root there mm-hmm. that needs to be dug That's up really and good. dealt with. Okay. I think the the last thing of encouraging is just knowing that anything like this takes time and practice because the enemy wants to use our emotions to just confuse and so all of us I think until we become aware enter into that confusion. Yeah. And so I would just say when you're able to stop the pattern that is happening, you're stopping the confusion and that takes time and it takes practice. Right. Even today I'll catch myself and just be like, shoot, what like why am I why am I letting that record play in my head? Yeah, I don't exactly. believe that anymore. Exactly. But it's amazing how emotions are so strong that way and how much it can bring up something that you think you've you've wrestled with right. and laid down. So I would just say continue to practice that, continue to disrupt that confusion mm-hmm. that the enemy wants to bring through your emotions and through truth. And you will see that it it becomes part of your mental how you deal with the situations instead of right just going to the contempt. And I think one of the things that's important, I actually say this all the time in my coaching is, you know, sometimes I use the extreme to show the example that we see in, in everyday life. So if you ever were to take like a trauma class or something like that, one of the first things they'll tell you is, you know, if somebody's had a major trauma, uh, you know, somebody dies suddenly or something like that, one of the things you want to tell them is this is not the time to make major decisions because you're Mm. not thinking clearly right now, Mm -hmm. right? Why? Because your feelings aren't telling you all the truth. And, and so you're you in shock, right? There's, so there's you, a whole bunch of stuff right, there, so you but yeah, end up working out of the feelings and not really thinking through decisions very well. Well, this is this is the same principle; it's just a little Small, bit less dramatic. Yeah. That you know, if you're following all of the emotions and not giving yourself time and space to think through it, you're going to end up regretting the decisions that the feelings are making for you. I think the important question that we haven't addressed though is. 
What if our emotions are telling us the truth? So you're having an emotion that you're just feeling really distant from your spouse right now, or Mm, that they don't care about me or, you know, something like that. And you see some evidences of those emotions. Is that that kind of what you're meaning? Mm, Yeah. The challenge here is, you know, what, what you're seeing may end up being part of the truth, right? Like there may be some places where, wow, life is really distant right now. Mm-hmm. The The challenge is still, how do you reach out to the person in a way that is not going to be rejected, right? Mm-hmm. It, and, and add to it. Because when, just using that distance example, it is very easy when we're feeling distant from somebody to reach out by saying, man, you're, you've not been around, mm. which is condem- condemning, which is pushing them away, which is, you know, telling mm-hmm. them they did something wrong, which is actually going to result in the frustration and anger that you already kind of felt was there. It's the highlighter method. Right. Let's Rather know how important it is, but it actually doesn't usually doesn't do it well. Right. I don't know how important they are. And that's that's exactly the other answer. It's like, okay, I'm feeling this. This may be true that there's something going on, reaching out in a way that says, hey, I just feel like we haven't had any time together. I, I feel like we're missing each other. I mm-hmm. feel like something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we how do we do that better? Yeah. You know, that is reaching out in care, which yes, the emotion is still there, but it's still thought through in a different way. Yeah. That's really good. I think this is a complex topic, and if you have found yourselves dealing with it personally or in your marriage, we would love to hear some of the things that you have done to navigate feelings, emotions, and truth, because uh, it is complex. Yeah, it's hard, and, yeah. and it is definitely true that our emotions get jumbled up and sometimes mix us up, and sometimes we just need to spend some time yeah, it's good. Well, we'll be back next week with another great episode talking more about how you can still become one in your marriage. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.